and I was like, I just got tired of holding stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I get uh, you. All right. So today. <laughs> yeah. What did what'd you want to do? Uh, we're going to talk about. All right. So I'm here with Andrew Bacon, right? Which is a, a, such a great name, uh, Andrew Bacon. And um, you work at a cemetery. Yeah. That's fascinating to me because one of my favorite philosophers is uh, Dr. Alan Watts. Um, and one of the two, two things he says that we should all contemplate, one is death, and the other is that we uh, could be complete and utter rascals, uh, which I love. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about death, right? Yeah. Um, because uh, I think that when we look at people who complete suicide, because like, how does this relate to suicide? It's that um, a lot of people complete it or even think about it because they feel like they're a burden to the people in their lives. And they think that once th they've completed suicide, it's just over. Everything's over. Everybody will be yeah. happy. Everything's just fine. And nobody thinks about all the logistics of what happens once you die. Yeah. All the paperwork, all of the um, the, uh, the the planning, the, bureaucracy the, the bureaucracy, the arrangements, so much has to happen yeah. be before the funeral. People just think death, wake, funeral, done. And I'm when we talked yesterday, I was like floored by what you were telling me. Um, so, with that said, let's start off with cost, right? Like, how much? Yeah. Because we're talking about being a burden, right? This, yeah. the, the financial burden, if this isn't addressed, how much does it cost on average? I think some of the lowest stuff we have is around 30. $30,000. And that's just to, to buy your plot. So Your that's space. not including the coffin. Yeah. That it's not. not including the, the preacher and the food and yeah. the <laughs> yeah. like all that. <laughs> this is this is you are you're tell you're getting a permit from the state. You're saying this is where I want to be. You know? And um thirty thousand you said the cheapest at the now. I think that's about it. Right. I, I'm still fairly new. Right. But right. I, I process a lot of paperwork as well, and that's Pretty much what I'm seeing. Now, now, with that said, we will keep in mind that uh, you work at a Jewish cemetery, correct? Yes. And uh, it's uh, it's a more of a it's weird to phrase it this way, but it's like a high end uh, cemetery. Like people no, have I definitely money. Say that. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I think um, also the the concept of death is very important in the Jewish faith. How so? Um, from what I'm learning. Within three days of a death, they want to bury the person. Okay. There isn't, there's no real waiting around. It's only kind of recent that cremation is even something that Jewish families will do. Why, why are they just not considering that? They really, it's the idea that you go in the same way you came. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really changed. Um, I know there's a lot of faith that goes into the the reason why they want to keep the bones and everything, they don't want to break you down into this ash. Uh, um, and then... Make a little bone broth. 
<laughs> so it I just, is. I was just reading something about bone broth before you came over. So <laughs> it just, it just yeah. popped in my brain. But that's what I've been learning is that it actually, in terms of the process, it seems pretty quick in the Jewish faith. Uh, right. To, tr- to go through all this paperwork. So it, it is kind of, once we get a call that somebody, one of our families has passed, right. the process starts pretty quickly. Well, you know, I could imagine because then it also would help you uh, process it really quickly and, yeah. um, and, and move through the grieving steps and everything like that. Um, uh, what was uh, also interesting to me, you were saying, is that um, how people want to be buried, like not on top of each other. But like sometimes side to side, yeah. or so. What can you go into that a little so bit? So like, we, it all depends, I guess, on like the vaulting, yeah, of how things are done. Like some people are buried, and it's a concrete, like you're not really touching the earth. Uh, um, you're you're buried in kind of like a, a vault made out of concrete, and then to put someone on top, they put a slab of concrete on top of you, and then they put the next person in. Um, so we have things that are vaulted in our place and pre-vault and, uh, and like, yeah, we vault them or they're pre-vaulted prior. And it's just a matter of like quality of the vault. Like sometimes it's a full piece, sometimes it's a couple slabs. Um, but the, some families will say, you know, I'm the, the head of household. I want to be on the top. So, and that's great if you know what order you're going to pass. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't happen to know, then there's a whole thing with disinterning people mm. where we have to take someone out and then put them in and then put the person back in, wow. sort of swap them, which you can it's imagine. Like Tetris, can, yeah. sounds like. Yeah. And then plenty more pieces, unfortunately, because oh. you can imagine even, you know, we put them in three days after they pass. Right. But if that doesn't happen for a few years, you know, we have, honestly, we have hazmat suits. We, you know, they really. The older. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, it's a messy situation. Really? So we actually encourage families to not disinter. Now, um, with everything that you've seen, how would you prefer to be buried? Like. I want to be cremated. I think my family's always been strong in cremation. Really? And then we spread our ashes. um, There's places all over California near Redwoods. Uh And we'll spread our ashes around Redwood trees. And sort of like we're not really making an impact anywhere. Right. uh, Because the property is, you know, almost 50 acres that I'm at. And it's very much, um, I feel like it uses a lot of space. And we have, we have systems in place that if we ever did sell everything, we can still maintain that business mm-hmm. and still take care of everyone and make sure for the foreseeable future that this will always be um, in place. But I don't, yeah, I don't think I have any relatives that I can actually go visit their site, which is a very, I, I can understand that being a very therapeutic thing, a very, like it's, really impactful oh you know i never thought about that yeah that if you're cremated there's not a uh a place to go yeah to visit it's more of an internal thing i think is that you sort of say well they're always with me oh that that makes it interesting 
I mean, you know, it's like if you're, I, well, yeah, if they're they're with you, you they're in your thoughts and yeah. pr- prayers. You know, um, they, you, you know, I, uh, there was one scene I remember one show where uh, the the person wanted to, was cremated and wanted to have their ashes dumped at sea, mm-hmm. and then they dump it, and then like a wind comes and just like blows the ashes, That's, yeah, back in their face. So <laughs> you have you got to like check the wind pattern. Before That's you, great. before you throw out the ashes, but yeah, I never thought about that. Like, because one of my favorite scenes in uh, in uh, any of the Rocky, not Rocky, in some of the Rocky movies, but it, like in Creed, is when uh, uh, Rocky goes back to visit Adrian's great. You know, mm-hmm. like there's always a powerful. Yeah, you know, you're talking to, to her, him, or whoever it is. And I mean, like, gosh, I'll never forget because seeing Lethal Weapon as a kid, like, yeah. also that. You know, going to his wife's grave. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a very, it's a impactful moment. Um, one thing that's, um, with cremation, sometimes you take parts of the ashes and put them in different places. Uh, and a lot of people, my mom included, right. is actually more about, they all go to one place. So mm. if I'm going to spread them, it's all going to go at mm. this place. Mm. And that's just because she wants to make sure that that's where they rest. She might be closer now going towards burial, right. but... Um, no, nah, I, I want capsules made yeah. of my ashes. I want people <laughs> walking around with them. I want them I want them stored. You know, I want people to study it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as I eat pretty healthy, I take care of myself, so there's probably some nutrients in my ashes. Yeah. You know, you could put it on your oatmeal or something. Well, they, they have those organizations. <laughs> you can put your ashes in a... Um, it's like a flower pot but it's a tree that will come out of it. Oh, wait, yeah. what? I, I don't know if it's your ashes. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think it could be your ashes, but yeah. from what I understood, the, the selling point is that it's using your body's nutrients to grow a tree. So you, the tree will, gr- will feed off you decomposing. It's a little graphic. Oh, yeah, um, super graphic. But, I mean, they have, you can look online and they have animated images of, a body, and then above the body is like a sapling, and then it shows the body getting smaller, but the tree getting bigger. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that um, uh, they could feed off the the ashes. I I, I was just kind of joking about the nutrient dent, but I, there's something to that. Yeah. Then, huh? The I, so, can you walk us through the process of like when a family comes in and like what are the questions, what are the things to consider, and so when a family comes in. Um, I'm trying to approach it from like, because <laughs> we're sitting in a, so we're not necessarily right there. We're like on an offsite little um, attached part of gotcha. the front. Right. Um, it looks really nice in the front. They'll call us out and we'll meet with them. We have never met them before. Mm-hmm. We probably only know maybe their name because we would have spoken to them on the phone. Right. Maybe. But generally we get a lot of walk-ins and people say, look, um, I want to bury my loved one in a a place like this. Like, the faith was very important to them. This is where they want to be. They might still be alive. Generally, they are, because a lot of what we do is pre-planning. So they'll come in. We'll sit them down in an arrangement room. Oftentimes, it's not actually a um, so somber. Well, it it is a little, but only only when it becomes final, when paperwork is signed. But otherwise, you're talking, you're saying, this is where I want to be. Sometimes there's jokes being thrown around, like, oh, he'd love this because he'll be next to this guy. Oh. And then he li- you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, like, 
it, it's, it's an interesting approach, but I think it's because when you get to that point, it's a very mature decision, and everybody knows death is like the only absolute that we're all going to have to face. Right. So to, to come in with that sort of that feeling is a little better. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through paperwork. We oftentimes go take them around the park to see a few things. Um, and then after they see some things, they say, okay, we'll sign some paperwork. They sign a contract. We start creating that in our system for the eventual time that they will pass. And then once we get the call, we've already generated all that paperwork. So all we have to do is start sending it out to the organization. And how long is that, that, that uh, like, in terms of, like, when somebody walks in and then mm -hmm. they're feeling like, like, how long does that, that process usually take? Um, I've seen it take a couple hours. Wow. Sometimes. Right, right, I right. think a lot of people do a lot of research before. Yeah. Um, but we're also really good at explaining to them, like we're, we're speaking to them and coming to their needs. Um, what's really nice about our place is that we don't work on a commission. So it, it really makes it a lot calmer. Right. Uh, families don't walk in thinking that they're going to get taken advantage of. We put it very straightforward. We say, this is what you can afford. Or can't, is this something you can oh, afford? Right, and then, right. you know. So I didn't even realize there are places that work on commissions. It's so they're really trying to upsell you? Yeah. Like, what, can, can you, t all right, so talk about that. Because so that's not even something I knew. So I think the, the parts where it would be the most prevalent would be in your caskets. So let's say you, um, let's say you're picking out caskets. The traditional casket would be all wood. But let's say there's an all wood that's, this many thousands of dollars, and then there's this many tens of thousands of dollars. Of course. And it, in, uh, in other less reputable <laughs> establishments, they might say something like, well, you know, it's almost a representation of your faith. Like, they might pander to those things. They might make you feel like... So it, it's just not a... It's like a used car salesman. Like, oh. you really don't want to be in that situation. Right. The um, the coffin it itself it costs on average what like a, not not a wooden coffin, but like a like what's the what, like what are the levels? There's wood. So, yeah, so we have wood, uh -huh. all wood, and then we have wood with brass, and that's kind of what. But that's not necessarily traditional. Okay. And a lot of the families actually pick. Um, I forget which one it's called, but it's about 6,000 is the one wow. that they pick. And that, that's been our most popular one. And that's an all-wood er, casket. Um, <laughs> there's now a wait, lot is of there a difference between a casket and a coffin? It's only the language. Okay. Of, I think that we coffin sounds much more like... Morose. Yeah. yeah, I almost think of like the Undertaker in the Westerns, <laughs> yeah. you know, walking around making coffins. Um, casket <laughs> possibly has that sense of this is your final resting place. Got you. Um, but it's really interesting because I will tell you, um, everybody talks shop. You know, like we'll we'll use this very respectable language. Um, we're always respectable, right? Or we we always show respect. But when um, when we leave the families, sometimes we don't use the same language only because we, we've all been around it for so long. Like where we might say, you know, unfortunately the remains of your husband have um, decomposed beyond, just beyond us being able to find parts. Gotcha. We might find 
the back say, oh, my gosh, this person <laughs> fell apart, and it is the worst, you know. So we often, we, we have to put that filter in. But yeah. it, it really helps the families because I don't think they'd want to know a lot of these things. No. It, it, you know, it's like uh, when I watch these cop shows, I'm always amazed at um, people who want to go see the bot. Like uh, if there's been yeah. a murder. I don't want to. No. But I think it's for closure. Like you want to, like you need to see for yourself to make sure. Yeah. But I, I'd wait until like they've been cleaned up a bit, you know, yeah. uh, like the after they've been embalmed and all that stuff. Speaking of which, I remember. So when we were talking about like, um, because when I think about my death, I definitely want to be uh, cremated or. Uh, I think the new millennial thing is they're buried in leaves yeah. or something like that instead of a coffin. Have you had a request for that? Yeah, so we have a we have a section. It's a fairly new thing as well. Or it's the I guess I should say the burial without a casket is not new, but the um but that request we because our park is so old, something like that is fairly new. Got you. Um but all they do is they wrap them in a linen cloth. Um, it's usually very traditional. They'll they'll say prayers over them, mm. and then they they very gently put them in the ground, and often and that's often where the family watches that, um, and they will decompose into the ground. So we may not be able to move them in years from now. We'll try, you know. We'll do whatever we can, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and to me, it seems like if you're going to be buried in leaves, yeah, that you'd also, because you're thinking about the earth and being yeah. eco-friendly, that you probably would also want to be buried uh, naked yeah, and nude. Are people requesting that or no? So they usually wear a, in it, actually, I think in the faith, they wear a traditional garb. Okay. Um, that is part of it. One thing that's really interesting is... Um, Part of the faith is that they are buried next to the ground, but because of caskets and like caskets and sometimes you're put into a wall, right? Um, you're not really in the ground. So what they do is they will actually include, they'll sprinkle over dirt that's from Israel. Huh. Or yeah, they they'll they'll grab it, they'll say prayers, and while they're putting them in the casket. They they might put a little layer of it underneath yeah. them so they're sitting on the ground, even though they're inside this casket. It's still um, with a rabbi doing it and all of that. It's very much in keeping in with the faith. The um, uh, what was that? Oh, so because we were talking about also like embalming fluid. Yes. Right, and how that's not good for it's not it's the, not the keeping earth. in with the. The beliefs, the right? Putting and even now, wait. Is these the same beliefs? Is that are you talking about just Jewish beliefs or just uh, with Jewish? Jewish? Okay, got with you. Jewish. Okay, yeah. Okay. No, I think um, I actually, as I'm working there more and more, I'm actually seeing a lot of things that make sense when their approach to okay. death. Um, so the embalming, they don't really want to put things that aren't natural in the body. Yeah, because what is embalming fluid? It's well, it's. Terrible is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of chemicals that much smarter people than I handle <laughs> my job. Um, I was just reading about how there's a difference between a cemetery and a graveyard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I didn't even know there was a difference. Did you know? I only know that we're called a park. You're a park. Because it's not a 
I, it might be Cemetery Park. Now, oh. But no, I think it's just Park. And that sort of is more of a, um, there may be high clientele at our park, and people can come in and they can just wander around and enjoy the space. I think it's the way it was developed, all of that, we wanted to keep it like that. But so I are know there there's events and stuff going on in yeah. this park. I would like. Is there? There's not a swing set or like. No. Like, <laughs> like what? Like music festivals, things like that. Or um, what? we'll probably do like for for all the high holiday or right. for all the holidays. They will put um on events. Got you. For Mother's Day, they do a very nice service. Father's mm. Day is coming up. They're mm. going to do the same. Um, but it's they want to reach out to the community and just say, hey, you know, if you want to come, please do. Um, but we're not. We have much more ground space and places to be buried than we do office space. And in fact, um, as they develop more and more, we're going to be all working. I think there's less than 70 of us. We're yeah. going to be all working in one building. That's, it, as I look at it now, it's going to be very cramped. But we definitely want to just give everyone who wants to be a part of this park um, access. Got you, got you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. The difference between a graveyard and a cemetery. A graveyard adjoins a church, whereas a cemetery does not. Yeah. You can also bury ashes in a cemetery. I guess you can't bury them in a graveyard. In a graveyard. Huh. huh that's interesting. The, um, yeah, like, I, I, I now, now, what you've talked about are people who have made arrangements. Yes. Right. Now, there are people who haven't made arrangements. What is that energy vibe? How is that, is, how is that different? It's very much more emotional. This okay. is a lot of people are making decisions in the stages of grief. Right. Um, right. They can be very angry with us when we mentioned what a cost might be. <laughs> right. They can say, um, they can tell us no matter how many times that the location we've picked for them is not the right location or the, the location they picked out. When we take them to the site, they say, this isn't what I picked. And they could be deni in denial about that, you know, and, and so on. Um, yeah, it's very much, so much so that the employees that work with those families actually are called counselors. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they really are interacting with them and providing some sort of therapy and relief during all these talks of the bureaucracy of it and all the documents we'll need and all these things, just the legal side of it. Um, are they trained differently, the, the counselors? Are I, think, I think only, only in a few different things because sometimes somebody will be pre-planning with us and a light switch will go off and they'll realize this is it. Like, this is the last decision. Like, mm. this is going to be the final thing I do. Right. Um, so they also have those moments, but we generally have the counselors interact with families who are very, very much, um, it like in those stages, you know, just emotional, yeah. volatile. Uh, yeah. 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 It's very respectable, but once they, once they go in the arrangement rooms, we call them, that's kind of where it's very private between them and they will, they will say whatever they want, you mm. know? If they if they just want to cry for thirty minutes, they will do it, and the counselors are totally okay with that. Now, 
how does does this affect you in any? Because you weren't always working at the cemetery. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, we met because I was doing a gig at the Manhattan Beach Country Club, and uh, you were there. Yeah. And uh, we started talking, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm fascinated by this, yeah. this whole world. Because uh, as my listeners know, I love to read obituaries. And uh, and so, like, just fascinated with just not necessarily, but the whole, because death is a part of life. Yes. And uh, I think think part of society's our at least at least in America our society's problem is that um, we never see or we're, we're, we I was how do I phrase this we don't really get a chance to process uh, th- that part of it the space between uh, someone dying and then um, like the funeral or yeah. the eating, like even with our food. So take, for instance, food, right? It's like only part of that chicken's life cycle that I, I witnessed that I'm eating is when it's all cleaned up and, and boneless, skinless, yeah. and in a bag. But to to see the chicken running around, to grab the chicken, to... Um, uh, However, they take the chicken's life. In some countries, they smash the chicken's head yeah. or they cut the chicken's head off. Um, and then they clean it and take out whatever they're taking out. To, like, to, to witness, go through, experience, touch that. Like, that gives you an entirely different experience with the food you're about to eat. Yeah. Right? And even not just chicken, but uh, vegetables, whether it's spinach, to plant it, to water yeah. it, to grow it, and take care of it. And then, you, 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 I mean, you're definitely not going to waste that. Yeah. It right? doesn't have to be like a gruesome thing Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. But, but witnessing it does give you more perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the job prior, I worked at a, I worked at a country club. Right. And I was providing, <laughs> I was providing like the, you know, they wanted a drink, they got a drink. They wanted $10 off their bill, they got that. Um, it was all about pleasing. And it's very interesting now that I'm in a position where I can't, I can only please them so much. Like, I can't mm. not let their loved one leave. Right. You know, these, this is a very serious, it almost, you know, it puts into perspective, you know, working at a country club at all. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm doing so much more working in this field how so like um well working at a country club it's an exclusive place that there'll be some parallels but it's an exclusive place that costs quite a bit of money um but was it like a hundred grand a year to be a member that that one i think it's i think it's less than that okay it's less than that but but close to yeah it's in that but it's right. not a it's not something that um middle middle income families can right. can be a part of right and the, the members there love it. They love that exclusivity. Um, but I'm providing them just, you know, just all those services, and they'll walk away happy. They may not walk away happy from the cemetery. Mm. They'll, they'll know that everything's arranged, and yeah. their loved ones after them won't have to worry. Yeah. But it's not necessarily, it's not a, a, they don't, it's bittersweet. They don't feel like, better necessarily <laughs> they just feel like that's been handled now i can move on to the next thing got you you know 
the has it have you made arrangements have it like a living will trust all that has it, it nudged you in that direction i you know i mean you're still young how old are yeah, you yeah uh 31 right right so i definitely not only working this job but also hearing about prince's estate um hearing about just celebrities that may not have made a will mm. and that money doesn't go to their loved ones it just sort of it it becomes a part of the state Wow. So it's it's important, I think, that people do research this because, you know, just because I have, like, I'm a, I'm, for, for the tax purposes, I'm a single guy. Right. When I pass, I believe that things go to my family, but I wouldn't know for sure unless I actually, like, did the research. Absolutely. Because it, it makes sense. I think I have a dependent on my, one of my accounts, so that account should go to, or a, um, yeah, I have someone on my accounts that would get my money. But as far as anything else, um, there's no instruction. And death isn't something that happens and people go, okay, well, now that that happened, we all. You can see it in families when they split apart the estate of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, or just, they call it the estate. Yeah. You know, but it's ev- all their belongings. The, we see it in sitcoms all the time where there's the, the post-it on the bottom of something that's like they've claimed it now, <laughs> you know? And the person may still be alive when they do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah, I think it's super important. I, I never thought about it before this job, yeah. and I was living in a bubble, right. you know? Like my job was totally a bubble job. This is much more – I am – I'm more interacting with Jewish families, and it's – it is a little of a bubble because of their exclusive nature, mm-hmm. but I'm, it's giving me a better world view. Um, my family had always done cremation. I never thought that burial was even still a thing. I just figured everybody cremates. <laughs> you know, my, uh, my family, th- what they do is it's, it's body goes to science for UCLA. They use the body, they cremate it, they give us the remains. Wow. That's it. And now how many people have done that? A lot of people do it. In your family. Yeah. Oh, uh f- at least a hand, at least 10. Yeah, what's your wait, what's your religion? Uh we I was raised like Roman ca- or Catholic, you wow. know. Wow. <laughs> and then where are your parents from? Cuz you're you're like a redhead. You're yeah. almost like a little yeah. Irish. A little Irish, okay. <laughs> yeah. A little Irish, a little Scottish maybe. <laughs> and but is yeah. that is that typical in the Irish uh I'm not sure. I I'd, I'd imagine Probably not. I think cremation is more of a more modern thing. I'm actually, as I'm even looking at cremation, right. I'm realizing the energy it uses to do cremation. Uh, in terms of the fire, the heat, and yeah. all that stuff. Just and you, you, like the most, the, the most green you can be is really just no casket, nothing, just in the ground. Right. Because that, as we were just saying about the saplings, that will give nutrients to the ground, you know? Man, so so essentially, you you can live forever, or you could, uh, you know, bury your ashes in a certain spot, and that yeah. tree grows, and then you can talk to the tree. And yeah, be like, hey, Bill, like, like know. our family, um, we go through an organization um, that will put little plaques in front of redwoods. Yeah, and so you have the name, and like my mom will go out there and she'll give a tree a big hug, you know, like it's uh, that connection. But it's, you know, it's yeah. a tree. Like we, we, you know, it's, it's half of it's mental, you know, we have to really, but you know, how else do you get by? 
Right. I mean, you know? there's something. Uh, there is something important about having something uh, tangible, yeah. and physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just bought a record player, and so, so much joy from opening the lid of the record player yep. to uh, selecting the album. Yeah. You know, to to read the back of it and. Pull it out. To, it had to be careful. Yeah. You have to be careful with your music. You can't even right? breathe on them. You can't breathe. <laughs> you, I, hey, step back. I, I, yeah. You no know, fingerprints. You have to be, uh, you have to lay it down gently. You have to, on the on the little record player and the needle. Oh, you can't just throw it on. You yeah. got to like. You can, but it's yeah. loud. <laughs> so there is uh, so much care it, and, and, you know, and thought because you got to be like, all right, which album? Yeah, the song da, 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 that has to be put in, and then, but that that tactile stimulation, the feel it, yeah. it just connects you more with the music, and and same thing with, uh, you know, a loved one is like if there's some physical, whether it's clothes, yeah, or something like that, yeah. Um, that I mean, is, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, we hold on to you know keepsakes from our loved ones. Like, yeah, I have a ring from my grandfather. You know, like my sisters have my grandmother's like mm. clothing that they they're never gonna wear these things. Yeah, but they just they keep them, um, just so that they can remember these people. You know, and even in their day to day, it's in their closet. So they happen to open the closet and go, "Oh, there she is." D- you know, <laughs> like, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that could be like a very scary thing. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, there she. Oh, yeah. she's back. <laughs> 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 the um now because you you we also talked about how uh, there are a lot more older people coming in yes and making arrangements have you learned something from them in terms of how to live life does you know it, does that question make sense yeah no it makes perfect sense um i occasionally will ask them like philosophical questions yeah, like that right um they just tell me to you know just the funniest one i got was somebody said keep doing what you're doing and i didn't realize at the time what they meant like i thought they were just like saying oh you know just you're fine like everybody does their own thing but i think he was also referring to the the um what i'm giving the jewish community like helping them do this because it's not only the burial that's important in the faith, it's also the the uh, tombstone, but they call it a, it's marking the grave. Okay, that's also important. Um, they want to make sure that that's designed. That's a like, yeah, because not only are we just burying people, but we're also making sure that we can mark those places for them. Right. It's it's to the family specifications. Ho- hopefully, the person who's actually being put in the ground is making these decisions as well. Then. Um, those are always really nice because when they get put in, you know, and the family knows that this is a decision they made and it's been done after their death. It's been installed and put into the ground. Uh, now, what are, what are, have there been some strange requests for the tombstones? Like there, There's a few. We won't put certain things. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Bill. But we do have one there that I don't know why, but somebody put WTF. <laughs> you know, and for whatever reason, the um, the manager at the time didn't understand what that was. That's so funny. So, 
<laughs> so it's it's, it's there. Gra- it's there. We're never going to take it down. <laughs> so we just sort of, if we ever walk a family by it, we kind of tell them to look the other way really quick. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, it's, I think that's that. We never have crosses because, again, right. Jewish. Right. So we're never going to have a cross. Um, it's not that we're telling them not to. It's just we don't expect there to ever be one. Right. Um, and if they do a custom emblem, it has to be obviously appropriate. We're not going to put anything crazy up there. <laughs> um, I, I just read that uh, people who are obsessed with graveyards are called taffophiles. <laughs> and uh, I would, you know, and, and, and I think about it because I imagine that uh, people are sneaking into graveyards or cemeteries all the time. Yeah. Uh, you guys have uh, security? Yeah, in fact, oh my gosh, a couple of years ago there was a um, there was a high speed chase that happened, and this person got out of his car and ran onto our property. <gasps> but we used to have three different entrances to the property, and so he got in through a back way. We had dogs running around. I wasn't working there at the time, but I, I've heard this story enough now. Um, they had dogs running around the property looking for this guy. It happened to also be raining <laughs> that uh, day. So it's, 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 it's tearing up the It's tearing the up grass. everything. Yeah. I don't think the dogs were even able to smell the guy. <sighs> From what we heard, they never found him, and they're sure that he just he got up from wherever he was hiding and just walked out the front door. Because wow. the way we have it set up is um, there's two, like, two driveways, and there's a little kiosk in the middle like with a security guard. But then there's also, like, on the right is the administration building. On the left are all our chapels. And we have two chapels, a small and a large. And above that is a lot of the office as well. Um, So if somebody – and you can sneak around those things because there's also – there's property there that people can purchase. So he probably walked around one of the ways and just walked out the front door. (laughs) And now for those of you listening, you know how to get in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, But what we've done now, actually, is we've closed off those two back gates. So Uh now the only entrance is the front. Yeah. So we know now that you can only come in or out. And they they also have, uh, now we close the gate at certain hours. There's a keypad to even get into the building. It's a little more secure now. (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 it's it's fascinating um you know people sneak into anything and now they do uh here in la uh, and i don't they probably don't do it at your cemetery but they have the uh they have uh movie screen yeah uh hollywood forever yeah. cemetery they yeah. do it that place is great it, it was just <laughs> I, no it's that's awesome i saw a terminator there once oh, on really? a really old print it was great and i've seen uh flying lotus has played there I've seen Thundercat. Bands? Yeah. Bands that so like that's yeah. so crazy to me. It's, like, awesome. it's a thing. Yeah. Like it's just it seems like something like uh people like would uh do secretly. Like, yeah. hey, we're gonna do it at the cemetery. Versus the cemetery is sponsoring a concert and is is it like to drum up business or like <laughs> <laughs> that as you leave, there's guys giving they're barking and giving you little things <laughs> like, hey, come back. Um, no, we, uh, I, I think it's great. And I actually think considering just how many people there are, if everybody wants to be buried, we're eventually going to have to bury people in different places than we would have. So like the forever cemetery is great because, um, it's, it's a business, but it can also be used as this place of recreation. Right. You know, you, we may do something like that at our place eventually, maybe when we 
when everything is purchased and there's no more room, we may move into something like that. Ah, because it is a business. Yeah. And you have to find a way to keep making money. Yeah. But I will say, <laughs> I will say that the people who started it were much smarter than us. They, they made every purchase include an endowment care fund or it include an endowment care fee. And I think it's about 10% of what your entire, what your property is. So uh, again, terrible at math over here, but you know, your property's $30,000, but there's properties that are over half a million. Oh, So wow. that 10% goes yes. into this fund. Cool. And when we, when all the property's purchased up, it's not going to happen when I'm employed there. I don't even think it's going to happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, m- that might not be true, <laughs> but um, they will, they'll use that money to upkeep the place. And so um, key employees are going to stay. That's going to be groundskeeping. That's going to be accounting, probably. Mm-hmm. But as far as advisors or um, counselors, they probably won't need them. They might right. have one person because you're not going to get families coming in wanting to make arrangements because there's nothing else to buy. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and but not every cemetery has that, though. Huh? I I'm not sure. I I wow. haven't done enough. Yeah, but I, I was wondering, like, what happens when a, when all the. I assume they do. I, they they must right because nah, not everybody has that kind of well because you still have to pay property oh, tax right you're still gonna have to pay something oh that and that's what so, that fee is for but maybe there's like wow. agreements or arrangements with the cities you right. know where they say hey this is a you can because I'm always wondering because we are part of an organization a Jewish organization yeah. um, how is that different from other places. Because I've seen some rundown cemeteries, yeah. and I've seen some beautiful, you know, like the veteran cemeteries, yeah. immaculate, and uh, uh, I've seen some other ones, but but I've seen some like wow, yeah, the the, the you know just uh, weeds growing over the tombstones and stuff like that. Um, I was watching this one movie, and back in the day when they would bury people, like way back in the day, mm-hmm. um, they would. Uh, there would be a hole in your casket with the string attached yeah. to a bell. I, and it was something I saw in a horror movie, which I thought, I was like, is this just a, a horror movie thing? Or is this a real? And then I found out that back in the day, they weren't always able to tell if you were dead. Yes. So if they thought you were dead, <laughs> they buried you, right? Terrible. And then some people yeah. would come to life like a day or two later. Yeah. And so they had this bell in there that, or the string ring, your, yeah. that you could ring it to let the. That was what the undertaker was there for. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> like that's like some people's biggest fear, <laughs> right. and it happened it quite happened often enough lot. that they had to put a bell in. That's terrifying. <laughs> we don't have any bells or anything. No, no bells, <laughs> no bells ringing. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that would be the worst way to die. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend. I was like, I, I don't know which would be worse. To me, um, because, you know, you watch those mafia movies and uh, they'll bury somebody alive. And, yeah. Uh, or, but then in other movies, it'll be like you'll be in a coffin, wake up, and you're still alive. Yeah. To me, it's worse if uh, you're not in a coffin, you're just in the hole. You're just surrounded and, by the dirt. Yeah, and yeah. they're just throwing dirt on you like that, <laughs> just yeah. spitting dirt <laughs> I think every Martin Scorsese movie has right, a scene right. like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's not being buried, somebody gets dirt thrown in their face. Yeah, or just dirt, man. It's just, oh, that's just a horrible way to no, go. No, it's terrible. 
Um, so you're you're 31. Yeah. Is this something that uh, you you know is going back to the, the advice that you got? Keep doing yeah what you're doing. Is this something that you go? This is it. This is the this is the the line of work I want to be in. I was working before for a for profit company. Right. Um, it was all about making sure that at the end of the day, everybody gets paid. Yeah. Or n- not necessarily everybody gets paid, but you know, certain people get paid a, a nice amount. So right. we had to perform to provide enough inflow for everybody else. Um, now working here, it's a nonprofit, so we don't do commission. We really work to serve. I feel much more rewarded mm. coming to work. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm actually helping somebody versus when I get somebody a drink. It's yeah. you're <laughs> you're serving them, but yes. it's not you're not helping them. They can get a drink. Some of these things they can't navigate. Mm. And we're providing that service to help them get through this this time that's gonna happen to everybody. You know, it, it's it's really important to uh, to do something that makes you feel valuable, right? And uh, of service and not just, I mean, the, the money's good, of yeah. course. You, you want to make money, keep a roof over your head. But you also want to feel like you're making a difference. That, yeah. like, what you're doing. Um, you know, there's, like, an old story where they talk about uh, there's a janitor who worked at, um, like, Apple or some research, some major uh, corporation. And uh, the person just looked at him as a janitor. But the janitor looked at himself as, like, if he doesn't do his job, then the people around him can't concentrate and yeah. do their job. You know, if the trash is filled and there's a stink or uh, somebody slips and, and falls on something and, you know, it, it's uh, it's slowing down the the, 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 the other work. You yeah. Know, everybody's work is tied into each other. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, yeah, we definitely um, need to appreciate all the people. Yeah. That um, it, it, no matter what they, whether it's your garbage truck driver, your mail person, uh, your doctor, your dentist, everybody wants to feel uh, appreciated, and yeah. what they do matters. You know. Yeah. No, I I totally get that. I think the work culture is amazing for an orga- for working at a cemetery. Because really, do you guys go yeah. go get drinks after? You, well, well I mean, like, <laughs> like I just started I just started carpooling with somebody. Oh, nice. I've never carpooled. To oh, work. that's so cool. You know, yeah. like it just. But that's that's not to say that that's a result of working at this yeah. place. It's just yeah. I think I felt more open right. to like actually connect with my coworkers gotcha. to feel like we're all on the same team, because you know if I don't do my job. It doesn't mean that like somebody can swoop in and do my job. It really feels like I'm an integral part of this machine. It's fantastic. And it's yeah, it's great. You know, even the people who work the front of the building, they have to receive these people who may be grieving, who may not even be able to audibly tell us what they need. You know, so they have to they have to be really perceptive. Mm-hmm. And then we have people that are doing accounting, which I've always thought accounting's it's numbers. <laughs> right. It, you know, we all Everybody loved math when we did <laughs> when we did school, but it's really fascinating. Like like as I was saying about the endowment care, like that's brilliant to have this system in place that when the eventual does happen and we have no more space, how can we keep paying people? How can we keep the building open? Right, right, and and people you know? have to be yeah because we think of numbers as like adding, subtracting, but really have to be creative mm-hmm. in 
uh, the money that you have, what to do with it, how yeah. to grow it, and things like that. So, yeah, you're right about that. It, yeah. There is much more to it. Um, now, you're, you're being, you're Irish. Are you 100% Irish? It's like 70. 70. And then what's <laughs> the, do you know what the other, the rest of you? Oh, it's like German, French. There's a little Norwegian. Oh, you man. Know. You got all, all the drinking blood in yep, you. You a big yeah. drinker? Uh, I can, but I don't usually chase it. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, like, like you just order it? Like then? a Friday night for me, <laughs> a Friday night for me is not me going out to the gotcha. bar scene. Right. But if I'm with friends at a house and there are drinks, I probably drink. I, I can drink and be fine, you know? Got you. But I usually I don't have beer at my house. Yeah. I don't I don't really keep it around, you know. Yeah, you're you're in pretty you're in it's pretty a good shape. Thing. It's a social it's thing. It's a social Which thing. Which is you know if you're gonna if you you know that's what they say like uh, you know don't drink when you're sad only drink in celebration yeah. or uh, with friends. But you know when you when you drink alone and uh, to and pain. But even food like I. I Go through cycles where I binge eat, and yeah. uh, it's just I just feel oh, it just makes me it. feel worse. It doesn't yeah. make <laughs> 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 the first the first two bites are good, and then beyond that is just all pain and despair. I was <laughs> gonna say like you you have your leftovers and you have every intention of eating a little of it, and then you end up with an empty container. You know, <laughs> have you lost somebody close to you? Uh, actually, yeah. My um, that's such a weird way to reply to that, but um, it's I just find it very fascinating that you asked that. Um, my father passed away How uh, long a ago? couple of years ago. Uh huh. Yeah, and that was I think this job has actually helped me. Really, um, there's been opportunities for me to go and observe um, how a coroner's office works, which is where he would have gone, um, and I'm still not necessarily ready to be involved in that side of it but seeing that how seeing that you're not alone like people have lost that's very great uh, I my dad died very suddenly so I can kind of see sometimes when people have sudden deaths but we're dealing a lot of times with people who have made the planning we don't get a lot of people that are um, that are coming in I guess I don't know. I'm just thinking about it now. <laughs> um, sudden death car accident? Uh, yeah, he was hit by a car. He was actually riding his bike. He was he was riding a bike. Yeah. You avid cyclist or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I try to really. I think the culture is terrible for cyclists. I don't think cyclists themselves. I think if you put a hundred cyclists in the room, I bet you a very small percentage of them actually follow the rules of the road. Mm -hmm. um, my dad was very big on doing all of that. And so I try to live my life doing the same. Um, when I see a stop sign and there's no one around, I'm going to stop at that stop sign. It seems silly considering, you know, but I'm not necessarily riding to work out. Like I, I used to commute to work, but after he was hit, um, my girlfriend has actually been very adamant about me never getting on a bike again. <laughs> Really? That's yeah. great. It's like most girlfriends are trying to stop their, their boyfriend from getting on a motorcycle. Yeah. And yours is like not a bike. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because I'm a lot smaller. I don't make much noise. Um, I mean, even if somebody opens a car door oh, and you're riding by. So dangerous. You know? And that's the thing. I wish it wasn't like that, but that's just the culture now. 
And, and it's like it's and especially living here in LA yeah. where it's so congested and there's not like open roads and the the, the 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 bicycle lane is right next to yeah. Where like in Europe, there's not as much of of a threat, so it's a, it's much safer to ride your bike. Everywhere. Well, I rode I rode my bike from um, basically I made a hundred miles out of driving up the coast. I went up fifty and I came back fifty, and like that's that was a big achievement for me. But I had to take PCH. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't take PCH until I was after Marina del Rey. So that's like you're. If you if you know the road, you're yeah. right there. Like your bike lane is like a line on the road. When I see cyclists on PCH, which is this highway along the coast in LA, I'm like, you. It. This has to be like. I don't know if you're. Is this the only way home? Is yeah. Is this, this an adrenaline <laughs> thing for you? Is this a, like, what is this? Yeah. Because nothing about this looks safe. Yeah. The cars often will have to uh, veer a little into the other lane to mm -hmm. go around just yeah. to make sure you don't uh, hit the cyclist. And it's crazy to me that it's even legal. Yeah. No, it, to, I, to ride your bike along. What I think it is, too, is like, you're, you're going to be very, it's going to be very hard to go 35 miles per hour. So I try to avoid roads like that. Uh, but like now with these pedal assisted bikes, you uh, could do that. Yeah. But I think the issue really is, is the space. It's the space, but also it's the decision to be a car here and then be a pedestrian here. <laughs> it's to, it's to be on the road and then you go, this looks unsafe up here. I'm going to jump onto the sidewalk. Yeah. But then there's people walking their dogs. Right. There's, yeah. You know, then you become a hindrance to pedestrians. Cyclists kind of exist in this. It, they're not very liked, and I get that. Yeah, you know, because if I saw someone walking along the PCH, I'd be like, "Are you okay?" It, exactly. Like, this is not. They're safe. only going yeah. a little faster than. <laughs> <laughs> so they must be okay, but they're just crazy. The um, uh, so wait, are you still riding a bike, or are um, you like going behind your girlfriend's back? <laughs> right. <laughs> I I've gotten on a bike since. Um, I did it on Father's Day. I'm going to do it again this Father's Day. Wow. Um, and I wanted to commute to my job now because I, I figured out a route that I don't even have to be on the road for more than a quarter of a mile. I, can, I, I found a, a great route that is all bike lane. No cars share the road. But it's, I have to sell it still. But right. it's something I definitely want to do because um, that was something my dad did every day. And he actually, when he was a little kid, he tried to ride from here to Santa Barbara. So that's like a, what is that, like a two-hour drive? Yeah. You know? And he got, they got pretty far. I think they went past Malibu. Um, and then they, <laughs> and then they stopped off at a hotel to stay the night because it was like raining. But they weren't stopping. They were just, they were going to rest up there. They weren't going to turn around right. because of rain. And the cops got were called because they thought two runaways were staying in this hotel, but it was my dad and his friend. That's hilarious. So, so, so is the ride to Santa Barbara then uh, a thing you want to do? I don't know if I want to do that. One of the last things he did was he rode from Monterey, which is up in the um, Santa Cruz area. Yeah, and he took that all the way down to L.A. How long is that? That's like f almost four hundred miles. How, how many days did that take him? Uh, <laughs> I think they were there for like a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were doing pretty quick times. 
but they had a they had I think there were twelve of them. Yeah. And but they are all avid cyclists, so they were like single file line. They had a car that they it was it was like a big vacation. They had a car that would make them meals, like gourmet meals. He said he actually I think he said he didn't lose weight on it. And he was a really slender guy. Yeah. But he said he didn't lose weight and he rode his bike every day. And and that and that was because they were eating some oh, really they were good eating meal. some really good food. And so what would happen is they'd wake up in the morning, they'd leave, kitchen would get packed up, they'd move to the next camp, and then they'd beat them there. How uh, so? It it was a sudden death. Yeah. Um. How? What helped you get go through this the grieving process? It was definitely um, knowing that I wasn't alone, I, and I had read stories about. Like I, my father was hit by, my father was hit by somebody and the person did not stop. But luckily somebody had footage that they could observe the car. So we were able to sort of present, like the the police officers involved were able to kind of start to build a case about this. And there was some, there was a suspect and um, I did, I feel like I did get closure from that. But I think the real closure came when I was talking to people that were I felt younger than me, and saying, "Oh yeah, I lost my dad when he w- when I was really young," and I f- I saw these people as great mentors or people I wanted to strive to be, and to hear that they had gone through this same loss, but they were they were now seen as like my I wanted to be like them, and they had done the same thing, but I would never thought it would have happened to anybody else. Right. You know. And what kind of advice did they give you? Like, what were they saying to you? I don't even think I needed advice from them. I think I just enjoyed, like, like I, I felt comfort in the fact that they had also had this loss, that they had, gotcha. um, yeah. It's you just kind of feel your feelings, you know. I didn't. I don't think I ever asked them for like advice about anything. They just said. Um, they said, if you ever need anybody, let me know. You know, it was just that being present was really helpful, you know. Now, what do you mean feel your feelings? Because I hear people say that I just read a book, and it was like, you know, when you're upset, just feel the anger. Just I'm, feel the anxiety. I'm sure I'm like, it's What a, does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably a more like, I don't know, it, it's a, a phrase that's come around a lot more recent. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what how I interpret it is it's just don't don't uh when you have a thought don't don't push it away don't don't uh I don't know how to say it like don't believe that don't not believe that thought don't you suppress know. it don't, don't suppress diminish it, it don't that's it like acknowledge it be acknowledge like oh, there's it. a thought okay yeah. you know right so if you if you walk into a place like it can be it can be anything from like you're walking into a place that you don't feel a right vibe, you know, or you're like, I'm really down right now. Don't, don't go and do something else to suppress it. You know, a lot of people might turn to drinking, you know, right. like don't do that. Just feel it. Call somebody, you know, yeah, use your support system. You, you know, that makes sense. Cause you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we'll feel, or even myself, like I'll feel down or, and, uh, and I'd be like, let me turn some music on. Yeah. Like, it's like we're always trying to feel better. And I, I think the oh – man, I'm so glad we brought this up. I think the biggest – one, not, not the biggest, but one of the issues is that 
uh, we're always looking for something better, and we're especially in feelings. And we're like, I just want to feel better. I don't feel good. And then we try to make each other feel better. Mm-hmm. But we should just be focused on helping people feel better. Yeah. Not feel, oh, man, that's great. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about feeling better. It's about feeling, feeling. better. Yeah. Can you better? I get you. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man, it's so <laughs> sick, dog. No, that's feel great. Better. Feel it's like what is that when people ask you how you're doing you say right. good or well you know like doing good is what superman did yeah doing well is what you do right it's yeah. like i asked my i texted one of my clients this morning i was like how are you feeling she's like okay and i was like okay is not a feeling <laughs> it's not a feeling it's not like our our emotional vocabulary yeah. is so is so limited and we have to expound on it more but uh, but I, I really want to go uh, just explore a little bit deeper into the feeling better of like in terms of uh, like being getting better. When I mean what I mean by feeling better is being more in touch with it, more in touch with it, and getting better at labeling how you feel. Yeah, because a lot of times we'll just say I'm I'm pissed or I'm okay, mm-hmm. but it's like are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling bothered? Are you feeling despair, uncomfortable? Like all these other words that we don't explore that would give us some more, uh, that would help us move through the emotion better. So, you know, it's not just about sitting it and feeling it. It's really like being able to identify, like, what is this? Is it like an excitement with anxiety? Like what's what's in there, you know? so, so that's great. Yeah, just knowing you're not alone, yeah. calling a friend. And, I think so. Yeah. Because what is it? We like your line of work. You're doing comedy. Yeah. People are there. They don't know each other, but like everybody connects. Right. You know, and we all laugh, and we're like, "This is funny," and we'll leave a show, and we might like we never know this person that um, we'll be leaving the show with. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll be standing next to him as we're walking out the doors, and we might just be like, that was so funny. You know, right. it's the same when, like, we go to see a movie in a movie theater. It's a collective event that we all experience together. And I think those things happen all the time, but we don't, like, we all watch Netflix. Yeah. You know, and oh. we all experience the same highs and lows of every show. Um, it makes sense that we ask everybody, what are you watching? Like, that's how I start conversations usually. If I never know them, I say, What's, what are you watching? What's on your queue? You know, well, but and and that's like you know, Game of Thrones was yeah. that connector. Like we, everybody <laughs> watched it. Yeah. And if you didn't watch it, it's like, like why are we Do even talking? Need, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Like, I'll pay, I'll pay for your HBO. Exactly. Like, Here's my password. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that connective through line. Yeah, it's it, we we really are. I was talking to a buddy of mine about stand up. You know, mm-hmm. we we talk about it and and it even philosophically and um one of the tenets of stand-up is that the more specific you are in your comedy and what you talk about the more universal it is so and it seems counterintuitive yeah because it's like you know you're talking about uh working at a jewish cemetery and what their process is like but however even if you're not jewish uh, or religious, or you're yeah. atheist, whatever. When we get into the details of our life, of our relationships, we're we're all able to extract 
uh, meaning from it for us. Yeah. Right. So, uh, like Joe, there's this comedian Joe Coy who talks about how his mom uh, would rub Vicks on his chest anytime he got sick. Yeah. And even if your mom never rubbed Vicks on your chest, your mom did something that yeah. that was ludicrous that you hated. Whether she rubbed something on you or uh, gave you something to drink that yeah. you just were disgusted by, or like we all had that similar. You or know, like opening the blinds in the morning yeah, when yeah. you're trying to get up. Yeah, just, you know, yeah right, right. Things that right. totally Your mom worse. opened the blinds. Mom pulled the blanket all over me. Yeah. Another mom turned <laughs> on the music. Like we all have that thing that our mom did to wake us up. Yep. You know, whether it's banging the pots and pants, whatever yeah. it is, uh, our, it's our, it's our uh, differences that uh, bond us. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like, oh, your girlfriend cheated on me. My girlfriend, it's like, wh- whatever. It's like, we all bond over these small things, man. That That's great. I So I want to close this out with, um, you know, I always feel like when there's someone listening to the podcast, uh, they're at the, the precipice of uh, completing suicide, right? And, and we understand that you're not a therapist. Yeah. Uh, you don't have a counseling background. But what would you say to that person before you kill yourself? What would you say? Call them. You know, I, I don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but call them. Call. This that ambiguous. Call them. Call someone. I call love someone. that. Call them. You know. I love that. Call them. Call someone. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone. Talk to someone, yeah. right? Because there, there is someone that you can call, who, no matter who yeah. it is. And it. It doesn't have to be uh, a therapist. It doesn't therapist. have to be somebody you know. Right. You know, you could go to your balcony and just yeah. yell out, <laughs> say, I need someone to talk to, you know? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, I really think that at the deep down, I'd like to believe that deep down a lot of people care. Wow. You know? And that, like, they would, I don't know. Uh, that's all right. So, all right, this is going to be strange, right? <laughs> okay. We're going we're to test it out because I have a balcony that faces other balconies. I'm going to go out on the balcony and say, I need someone to talk to and see if anybody. So, there's going to be a slight uh, pause in the, uh, in the podcast. Wait, let me just pause it and then I'm going to come back and, and let you guys know. All right, so I went out onto my balcony. <laughs> and I, yeah, I yelled out, is there anybody out there willing to talk? It is a Saturday at 3 o'clock. Uh, no one responded. I'm also it, not a licensed therapist, counselor. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe my, you know, my idea wasn't such a good plan. Yeah. No, no. But no, it was a great idea but, because, I, bec- and the, because the key is, to me, it's not even about someone responding. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, it's about asking for it's help. It's about asking for help. Absolutely, just asking for help yeah. makes you feel better. I yeah. feel like ten times yeah. bigger. Like I want to go do, like do twenty things now. You're like, like I was... did that. Nobody else <laughs> yeah. did that here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, call them. That's yeah. so, that's so great, Andrew. Um, are you on social media? Yeah. What, uh, what are you on? What's uh, your Instagram? What, what's your Instagram handle? Beats by Bacon. Beats by Bacon. Yeah. Why? All right, you got to explain that. Uh, musician. Uh, what do you play? Upright bass. What? How <laughs> yeah. long have you been playing that? Uh, since soft, uh, sophomore year high school. What? And that's a family thing? No. Just you no, playing my, an instrument? Like my dad nobody? used to play recorder. 
So recorder, what's recorder, that? like the old the wooden, the flute that you or the, the uh, what do you got? Like the woodwind instrument that you hold downward. It's like what you would play in elementary school. But oh, oh, like you know I, the. Oh yeah, but it's like. But it's not a flute. It's like a step above a flute. No, it's 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 a recorder. Okay, <laughs> all right. So recorder. Um, uh, and all right. So but so yeah, beats it, by bacon. Beats by bacon <laughs> on Instagram. That's all one word. Yeah. Uh, and then as usual, when we talk about calling them, uh, you can always call the one eight hundred S U I C I D E. 1-800-S-U-I-C-I-D-E. And I, I just, I just want to reemphasize that um, I, I, this podcast, this episode, um, uh, I thought was important because uh, it is, we, as, you know, we don't want to think about taking our life or completing suicide, but I think there is value in thinking about death um, and knowing that uh N- nothing lasts forever in its form, and and that goes for our pain and our worries. Uh, you know, there there's uh, it's everything is um, uh, finite and or transitions to something else. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Please uh, continue. I love that you guys are not only listening but you're commenting, you're reviewing it on iTunes, giving it five stars. And most importantly, you're sharing this with other people that uh, you feel would find would would uh, find value from this. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Find me on Instagram if you're on Instagram, Leo Flowers two thousand on Instagram, and uh, I'll be in Vegas performing July fourth week, so July first through the seventh, I believe. But I'll be there that Monday through Sunday. So check me out, The Comedy Cellar in Vegas. Peace.